Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Coming to you live from the Great Hall in Toronto, Canada, it's Long Night with Vish Khanna. Tonight, Vish welcomes writer Anne T. Donahue and Matt Johnson and Jay Carroll of Nirvana, the band The Show. Your host band is The Bicycles. My name is James Keast, and here's your host, Vish Khanna. Hi. Welcome to Long Night, everyone. My name's Vish, and we have a hell of a show for you tonight. Uh, first, though, how about a nice hello to The Bicycles and James Keast, everyone. James, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. I, uh, we're talking a little bit about uh, social media and real life tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm hoping that I'll, uh, I'll get some extra followers out of this. That's what we're talking That's about. That's my whole goal. Validation. I and... need to be validated by egg-bearing strangers. Oh. Oh, on Twitter. Yeah. Because they have the... Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I thought you just had an egg thing. What are you, cool we'll hand, Luke? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, Excellent contemporary reference. Yeah, I, I know the crowd is a big Paul Newman fan, so I went with uh, cool hand, Luke, as yeah. my joke. Uh, what would have been a better egg joke? What's an egg reference? Egghead from Batman, the 60s? Uh, <laughs> go back further? Okay, that didn't work. Anyway, you're on the, on the various social media platforms. How do you find it? Do you like being on the, on the Twitter? And- uh, I do. I, I'm not a Facebook person, and so I, I tend to use uh, Twitter essentially as a news feed. Right. Uh, just to be like, has the world ended? Not yet. Okay, I'll go back to this basketball game. Right. And, and you- check in again in an hour. <laughs> so you use it as an information resource, but when you engage with people... What is that like? Are you engaging with strangers and, and, and having heated discussions? I tend not to, but uh, nobody ever seems that interested in what I have to say to engage me, so right. maybe I would if they came at me as it Let were. me ask you this. Mm. Have you ever been blocked? I think I have been blocked. You've been blocked? I've been, I was blocked by a comedian. <laughs> Why? You, got, you made a comedian block you? That's, that's yes. not good. Yes. Uh, we gave a poor, uh, exclaim, gave a negative review to his uh, that's pretty, right. pretty terrible special. That's right. And, uh, and he came at, it, at me specifically for it. Yes. And, uh, and honestly, in a not very funny manner. And I merely suggested that he does this professionally. He, was, should, be he should be more clever <laughs> yeah. in his attack. Uh, and then he called me a fat suburban dad from Portland. 
and blocked me. Well, that doesn't seem nice. I don't live in the suburbs. <laughs> not a dad. Okay, well, you're not. You're oh, not, and I don't live in Portland. I was going to say you also don't live in Portland. You're not. You're a, you're a good shape. You're a good. Don't not don't feel bad. Anyway, on tonight's show, we're actually talking about these lives we lead online and how they relate to who we are in real life. Uh, we begin our exploration of this topic in a brand new segment that we like to call Killing Time on Long Night by talking to members of our studio audience. Man, if I were on social Hello. media, I would not mess with you. Okay. You look like a tough guy. Who are no, you? No, 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 no. Who, who are you? What's your name? My name is Jared. Jared, what do you do? Uh, I'll say I'm a filmmaker because that's what I'm trying to push primarily. Okay, you seem very mysterious and disturbing uh, to me on some level, I have to say. Okay. <laughs> but that's good. You're a filmmaker. What kind of films do you make? Um, recently, we just completed and had our world premiere of a movie called Streamer that I'm co-directing, uh, that I co-directed and I acted. Streamer? Yes. What's it about? It's actually very fitting. That's why I kicked myself in the uh, butt to come up here. Sure. Ties into social media, but it's basically about a, uh, an everyday loner who becomes obsessed with a webcam girl. And uh, it's oh. kind of, he goes through duality of trying to, he finds out that this webcam girl lives in his building. And then he pursues uh, a relationship with her online and then in real time, so to speak. Wow, okay. So it's almost uh, hyper-relative to what we're talking about right I now. I wouldn't say it was hyper-relative. I, I oversold a little bit. I mean, it's relative. It's related. <laughs> I, it's not hyper-relative. Hyper-relative to our culture, oh, social I see. media. Sure. Is it, is it a horror movie? It's psychological drama, so I would say we ride the box of being horror. Look, we just uh, premiered in, uh, in a, the Blood in the Snow Canadian Film Festival. That's straight-up genre, but uh, we had a midnight screening, and we threw a lot of people for a loop because we're not straight-up horror. We're kind of slow-burn okay. art house, if I could use that very pretentious label, but there is a linear narrative, so right. uh, we kind of ride the line of... Well, when James, when you said the movie was Streamer and you asked if it was a horror film, I just assumed it was written by a music industry executive. That's what I thought. Okay. Just like a guy who won't buy the record, you know? Yeah, just like yeah. streaming constantly. Yeah. And then the music industry executive loses his mind <laughs> and then uh, he cancels his Apple Music subscription or something. That's the movie I would, I would make. Fair enough. It's yeah. your show. Yeah, it's my show. Are you yourself uh, on social media? I am. Yeah, and do you get into it with people? Uh, I do the Facebook and the Twitter. Um, and right now, because uh, it's a, it's, this movie was made by like all of four people, there was no money. We have no team, so it's really up to all of us to push the movie. Right. The end game being distribution, of on some level, whether it's online or. By the by the way, this is an amazing pitch. Oh well, you came that's up why here. I came up here. You came up here. <laughs> Are there any uh, distributors in the house want to put streamer out? No, it's great. <laughs> but the thing of it is, like, I think it's a necessary evil. Uh, myself, I am a child of ninety of eighty three, so I, I did grow up in a time before all this. It, that counts for something, because uh, I don't know. I'm a I'm a person. I'm a private person, and uh, I get what I uh, have dubbed uh, is almost like a self conscious social media. Anxiety sometimes, where I don't okay. like to be. This is not a session. Yes. I just want to. I can't quite help you tonight. No, I'm here don't to worry. listen. Only, I can only help myself. Okay. So, um, so you're on there and you're dealing with yeah. several issues. I think yeah. it's fair to say. 
in relation to social media. So that's sure. that's good, Jared. Well, Jared, I, I I'm being told we're running out of time. So uh, thank you for being here and sharing that with us, and thank we'll you. look out for your film thank streamer. You. How about a hand for Jared, everyone? <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jared. Wow, I, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about the streamer our, and Jared. Our first of several self-promoters. Yes, everyone who's come on the show from the audience is like, I've got a podcast. And uh, everyone here who doesn't have a podcast, does anyone not have a podcast? That's what I thought. I have a podcast. You do have a podcast. Yeah, it's called Creative Control. Please uh, subscribe on iTunes. Yeah. You, you're on podcasts sometimes. I am indeed. Which ones do you go on? Not my, oh, you have been on mine. I have been on yours. We went on a we went to a Blue Jays game. I recorded. We podcasted live from a Blue Jays game. Yeah, we went to the and almost incited someone to leap onto the field <laughs> and may have led to their arrest. They got arrested just because, because they were like, oh, we should, essentially should I go out there? And we're like, yeah, you should. This will be good. It was great. That poor son of a bitch. We're gonna take a short break, and when we return, the hilarious and brilliant writer and journalist Auntie Donahue will be here, and then later the stars of the Viceland series. Nirvana, the band, the show, Matt Johnson and Jay McCarroll. They're all going to be here. Thanks for watching Law Night. We'll be right back. Promotional consideration provided by Long and McQuaid Musical Instruments, serving musicians in Canada since 1956, with 75 locations from coast to coast. Visit long-mcquaid.com for info on cities, stores, and services. Welcome back to Long Night. Our first guest tonight is a thoughtful columnist for MTV, a prolific freelancer, and one of the funniest and most dynamic people on Twitter and Instagram, and all of the other things that are on the computers. She's a pal of mine, and I'm so happy she's with us here on Long Night. So please say hello to Ann T. Donahue, everyone. Hi. Hi. How are you? You have a show. I have a show. You have a show. You're on the show. I'm on your show. You've been on the show before. I did, but it was like three years ago, and it, the basement looked different. It yes. was colder somehow. That's right. They didn't have heat. It was like Les Mis. <laughs> and it was fine. It was like Les Mis. It was like that. It was okay. It was okay. We sang. It was lovely. It was lovely, yeah. It was so well, nice. you and I uh, have some shared history. We're both originally from Cambridge, Ontario. We are. We Shout are. out for Cambridge. Clap for us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is everyone here from Cambridge? Everyone here, yes! That's amazing. What a, what a world. So small. What uh, is it like living in Cambridge? Are you still in Cambridge? Yeah, I'm still there, and I drove today to, just for the show. Oh, thank you very just much. Just to see you. Just to get attention on and the platform. And I, I left Cambridge 20 years ago. You did, But you live like 10 minutes away. I live like half an hour away. You live in Guelph. It's I not do. half an hour. It's, it's 20 minutes. 20, it's, and I know this because I work in Guelph. speeds, we know that. Yeah. She's a speeder. I'm yeah, a we speeder. Know. I have an agenda. And it is to push where Cambridge is. <laughs> and that is who I am. What's going on in Cambridge these days? Because when I grew up in Cambridge, I had a, a good time. Yeah. Good parents. Great. You borrowed your dad's car to get here? I did, you yeah. Did. I had to borrow their car. And, uh, oh, Cambridge Public Library. I, Best library system in the world. It's so good. I do all of my work. Everyone cares. I do all of my work there sometimes, occasionally, <laughs> twice to once a week. It's, it is really good. Like, it's so nice. And you can go and like there's a fireplace and they're all old buildings. And like it's, 
Elias, do you want to talk about the library for 45 minutes? I no, but it meant a lot to me. They had the, they had movies and oh my records God. and some books. I once owed something like $40 because I took Anne of Green Gables out and just didn't return it for like, it was the VHS double tape with like... 40 bucks? All, yeah, my parents, I was very, very, very scolded for that. But then they were also like, but it was Anne of Green Gables. So I can't yeah, even can't like, really it's not like it That's was Speed <laughs> featuring Keanu Reeves. Whom you loved. Who I did love. Yeah. I used to watch The Matrix every day. Right, yeah. right. Is it... Is it okay living in Cambridge? Yeah, it's fine. I'm right next to the highway, and I'm here all the time. It's kind of a nice break, so if I don't want to go to a thing here, I just say I live in Cambridge. Right. And they're like, oh, you don't have to come. Yeah, I'm I like, the same thing. Yeah, no, I'm not. You're dr- <laughs> always, you're driving home now? Yes. That's what I get. Yes, and oh, and it's then like people an like, are willing to meet you places. It's yeah, so, yeah. you use this. <laughs> and then one day, inevitably, I will have to relocate, and I'll lose my out. But until then, I don't, oh, I can't get to your DJ night. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ignoring Facebook invites. I'm so, oh my God, I clicked on like, eight today I was just like I'm not going to any of these some were like even in like Waterloo and I'm like nah I don't feel like it well I I I appreciate that you're in a small town because when I was a kid uh, we had to go to Kitchener Waterloo Toronto for culture record stores Mm -hmm. but you're in Cambridge which is a pretty small town but you're socially engaged with the world thank you well, Please I'm, tell my dad I, so I was, he knows uh, what my job is. You, you are, right? You, <laughs> yeah. You're able to access the whole world. Everyone who wants to knows who you are, and you're in a tiny little town. I mean, it's not even that small anymore. For the record, there's like 150,000 people yeah, in yeah, our small not town. A burg, but it's I not mean, a burg, but yeah. it's like not Toronto, right. which is kind of like, which is even better, though, because you can be like hanging out with your cat across from like the McDonald's you used to work at and then you're like cool I got a like on twitter.com <laughs> and isn't that all why that's all it's for yes. I mean like living it's that's true how we'll get through all of this you are a bona fide social media star that's really sweet I work a lot on the internet so it helps to have like people on twitter be like I have read that thing you, so I look like I am capable and my editors don't fire me well it, it does seem to be a platform that has inspired you in really creative ways because Thank you you are, you like me and James, you were a writer, a journalist, but something happened with this stuff and you just, that's like your thing. You're really good at it. I love attention. So I think that's all why anybody uses Twitter. So right. it's easy because you're just like, I have thoughts. And then I think everybody else also has thoughts. If you can make them kind of funny, then we can all share in like the misery marathon together if we're talking about something. But if I say, okay, now I know this is hard for you to be objective, but I, I do think, and James, you'll probably back me up, Anne's particularly good at this stuff. Yeah, she is. Do you know why you're good at this stuff? Like, do you, can you articulate what you do that, that makes it so amazing? I'm very smart. <laughs> and I do... Phenomenal things for humanity, and it comes out on this platform of 140 characters. Um, no, I think I've just always been a weird, loud kid, and then it was nightmare in high school because no one likes those people. Right. And then you find a little platform where you tone down the weirdness a little bit, and then it's just fun to write. Try and make try and make yourself laugh. That's so lonely sounding. Oh my god! But sometimes, if you can like make a joke that you're like, ah, that's funny, and then you throw it. Out. This is like the worst description ever. It's like, what do you do? I'm like, I. Well, I try to do it too, and I'm not as funny as you, but I try to do it, and I sometimes. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to get a like or a retweet and then nothing. And I like, I'll, I'll be like, uh, check this. I'll go to my wife. I'll be like, look at this. This is going to be good. Doesn't it make you so mad though sometimes when you just want to be like, I'm funny on the air. Like everyone recognizes. Yeah, but it doesn't happen. It's all their the time. fault. Remember that. So that's what I tell myself as I make a list of everyone who's. It's highly disturbing me. for me that I'm so immersed in wanting that. Why do you want it? Do you want validation? I don't know. Do you want somebody, somebody to be like, you're really funny? Do you want a show? Because you got it. <laughs> you got the show. You're right. You're right. I do have a show. Don't I have a show? You I have, have a, a show. show. I suddenly have a show. 
show. I don't have a show. I don't want a show. I have too much responsibility. It's a lot. agreed to be on this I show. It's like, oh my God, I have to drive. I, I've, I've lived so far, Beach. Yeah. I'm so sorry. There's a book by a guy named Mike Sachs. He's okay. a, do you know Mike Sachs? I do not. He's a, uh, he's a comedy fan. He's got a podcast. He wrote a book called uh, Poking uh, a Dead Frog. I've recommended this book to you before. I got you, it for Christmas. Oh, you did? I did. Maybe it was because of me. Uh, do you, did you speak to my wife about it? I did, maybe. It? I might yeah, have. So I, anyway, this is, it's a wife. book. Anyway, he he interviews. He, I'm trying to get James Christmas presents now. That's mm -hmm. my new job. Uh, no, uh, Mike wrote this book, and it's uh, conversations with comedy writers, producers, serious people, like huge, huge people. But he also talks to like younger people who have gotten jobs as executive producers and head writers just based on their Twitter feeds, which I find that's a new thing. It's totally a resume. Have you had your life changed in this way by, by your social media standing? I got a TV writing job because you did. I did. I wrote for a show very, very briefly. I hated it. I can't be in a like I'm just not a team player. I don't know if that screams that from like being on the stage, <laughs> but I just can't. Um, it didn't. They were like, "Do you want to come back?" And I was like, "Thank you so much. No, thank you." Um, but I've gotten like editors reach out and be like, "You yeah. know, I've read your thing. Can you pitch us?" No one's been like, like I recently got a book deal, which was cool, but that was like eight years of writing that like led to that. They weren't like. They didn't care about Twitter. Like, I'm sure it's a bonus, but they weren't like, we saw your tweets. <laughs> Would you like to fill hundreds of pages now? Like, no, they were like, that's a bonus that you're not racist. Thank you so much for not being racist on the internet. But like, I think there's only so far social media can take you. Like, oh yeah, I think there is. I mean, I'm actually, I might be wrong. I'm not, I'm not young. Like, a, I'm not a Snapchat user. Like, I think there's a whole other yeah. realm. And then there's the Instagram rich kids that are like rich kids on Instagram and they get their own shit. Like, I'm just a, girls standing in front of the internet begging for validation. It's a completely different thing. Um, I like yeah. a good Jerry Maguire reference out of nowhere. That oh, it's was Notting nice. Hill? Oh, it's Notting oh, Hill. My I'm God. sorry. I thought, I thought it was... Oh, I don't God. know the movies. Do you want I'm not me to, good. Should I take I don't over? know. I don't. Okay. Notting just, Hill? Is like, that what it really? is? I'm just a girl standing in, in front, front of a boy, boy asking, asking him to love This is... I thought it was Jerry Maguire. You made a Luke reference earlier. I did. Paul Newman. He's an old man. I feel upset. You should try his dressing. It's good. I uh, I want to ask you about your uh, engagement. Do you deal with negativity? We've talked about the upsides. Oh, yeah. Yes. You, you will occasionally tweet about, say, the President of the United States. He's such an asshole. Yes. Yeah. And you'll do something. Yes. Yeah. Sure. And you tweeted during Meryl Streep's Golden, Glo or Golden Globe speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it went, you. It went a little bit. Do you remember the wording? It was something like, imagine like the kind of fuck up you'd have to be for like Meryl Streep to use her lifetime achievement or to, to tell everyone how shitty you are, <laughs> which is like true. Right. But then it kind of went crazy. And then like for a little bit, you have like cool people being like, cool, like funny tweet. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like a right wing, like alt blog will be like, here's how we think you should die. Right. And a lot of fun sexual assault references. Right. And then, but you almost, I hate to say this, but it's almost like you had a point where you're like, nah, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, I don't know. It's, you, you have to decide to like, after the election, I took like a day off the internet. Well, it was depressing, right? It was depressing and people were like, the right were out in droves and I think they were just kind of searching for anything to like latch on. Yeah. And then like they were passing my photo around on Twitter and it was like, that was shitty. But then at the same time, 
My friend Sachi once said, in two days, it will not matter. And she's right. I didn't, in two days, right. you don't care. Right. But you were like, the good stuff was like, Bette Midler retweeted it. It was stuff. cool. But then yeah. she followed me and then she unfollowed me. But I was like, <laughs> obviously, like, what am I going to give Bette Midler? Like, she's seen it all. Right, she's right. She's probably like, I do not care about your weird Bieber obsession. <laughs> but she should care. And if she's watching this, Bette... I won't forget. She's probably watching this. Who isn't watching this Everyone's show? Everyone's watching this it's show. It's a good show. It's Everyone's a good show. watching good this show. Good show, right? Everyone's watching. We, uh, before we... We have to take a break, I think, right? We're going to have to take a break. But before we do, I, I, as quickly as you can, I sometimes wonder if, if we're in a stage where... I can't tell. Are we more desperate for affirmation and attention now, do you think, than we've ever been? I think everyone has always been desperate, but now we're like showing our desperation. People have always been thirsty, but yeah. now they wear their thirst on their sleeves. There's just a difference. That's what you think I it think is? that's what it is. I think everybody loves validation. If you'd gone to like a dad in the 60s and been like, you mow the lawn brilliantly, he'd be like, finally, somebody notices. Well, something's wrong with me though. Like I know there's something wrong with me well, when I'm please, like- Well, know something's wrong with well, you. Come on. I, like, We're, I'm having a great week, right? Like I have a talk show and everyone's talking, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are talking about it. And then I look at my followers and I, it's de decreasing. Everyone's retweeting <laughs> stuff, and then I'm like, why would they stop following when I'm doing well? I feel like I'm doing good. Don't, now, everyone, you cannot please everyone. It's impossible. I want to please you everyone. You can't. You have to accept that, my friend once said that Twitter is almost like a comedy show where sometimes people just aren't into your set, and then they go. It's yeah. fine. You're not your Twitter feed. You are Vish Khanna, talk show host. Yeah, I am. I am, damn it. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. You're welcome. That was nice. We have to take a quick break. When we return, uh, Matt Johnson and Jay McCarroll of Nirvana, the band, the show will be here. How about another hand for Ann T. Donahue? What do Shotgun Jimmy, Nap Eyes, Stephen Lamke, Daniel Romano, Adrian Teacher and the Subs, John McKeel, Ancient Shapes, Richard Laviolette, and Partner all have in common? You've changed records, honorably mentioned since 2009. Oh, oh, we're back here on Long Night. May I say, you guys are a hot crowd. Very hot crowd. Much better. Much better than last night's crowd, I have to say. Good crowd. Uh, we've been chatting with the lovely and talented Ann T. Donahue about internet stuff and online fame and desperation. Our, our next guest star in a new series for the Viceland Network called Nirvana the Band the Show. I believe we're going to go to a clip. Okay, it's ringing. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, yeah, hello, hi. May I actually speak to your, uh, uh, the... Your boss. The, the boss. The bo uh, booking. I, we're a band. We're trying to get a show there. Please. Booking, booking agent. agent. Okay, thank you very much. So, this guy comes on. Or maybe it's a girl. Who knows? If it's a woman, I'm going to do the real, hey, how you doing? What's... You know what I mean? The real sappy man. But I'm saying if it is a woman, very different than it's a man. Hear us of course not. What? You think that they just pick up the phone, listen, four girls are on the phone? The boy's called. It's that dream phone or whatever that game was. Remember that? Just be ready. I know. I'm just saying your situation. You put yourself in the headspace of booking a show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm there! I'm saying if it's a woman, we gotta act like tough, macho. Hey! Like a... Hello? Hey, Hello? Hi, this is Matt. I, I, I'm calling about uh, my band. Um, I'm wondering uh, if you had a chance to look at our, uh, our package a little while ago. Just following up, basically. Uh, yeah, what band is that? Uh, Nirvana the band. Nirvana the band. And so we're, we just basically wanted to let you know that we're ready to play, and we wanted to know what you thought. Did you send me an email? Uh, no, no, we dropped a package off in person, and um, I think it was July 5th or something around then. When? Like, before, I like, it was, who did you give it to? Uh, I was to just somebody uh, right outside, and they said, yep, they're going to bring it right in. We figured it was going to go right to you. No, I didn't get it. Oh, man. You're not in the band. Well, I don't, uh, I don't know. you got to send me uh, a photo of your band. I need, uh, I, I need. Yeah, well, we don't have any band photos or anything like that to. to... Oh, Christ. Well, you should, for Christ's sake. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. I mean, I have no evidence to go by. Yeah, you know, to book you. Okay, all right. Well, we'll do that. We'll get. We'll, we'll. We will get you. We will get you banned evidence. We will get it for you now. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I mean, that could have gone better. It's okay. So it did go well. What the fuck is banned evidence? <laughs> Please. Please welcome the stars of Nirvana, the band, the show, Matt Johnson and Jay McCarroll. Matt, Jay, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks. We're happy to be here. It's, it's a block from our office. What? Oh, is it really? It's very yeah, close. Yeah, that's what you just saw was shot at Queen and Shaw. So we, we walked here. You, you made us come here way too early. I'm I sorry, you say. guys are shooting right now, right? We were shooting before we came, yeah. What were you working on? We're shooting the insert scene for our uh, season one finale. Yeah. Episode. Oh, in a bathroom. Oh, wow. At Artscape, and we and we and we got thrown out. Yeah, we kept you getting kicked out. You got kicked. You get kicked out of everything, don't you? Yep. Why? Yeah. Oh. Because we try to. Well, I shouldn't say we try because we shoot everywhere without permission, so it's, right. we get kicked out all the time. But why do you do that? I think you can probably tell that it t it's like a lot of money to set up a shoot like this <laughs> in a place. Like, you had, you had to rent it, right? This actually is not costing me one red dime. Oh, really? But cent, it's, cent. There's right, no but, the, yeah. but the budget of your show is paying for it, I assume. Yeah, I assume someone's... I'm well, not we, getting paid. Well, they're saving money on that, too. Yeah, they're saving <laughs> money on me. So we decided we would pay ourselves and not pay the location fees. Right, okay, that's great. 
You're not supposed to. Right. You're not yeah. supposed to say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, you guys are with this show, obsessed with the Rivoli. Yeah. Why, Jay? Why the Rivoli? Of all the places. This is just from a joke uh, that Matt and I had since we were kids. We've known each other since we were like 15, and the whole Nirvana the band thing just came about us kind of being in those characters. That's kind of like what we do. Like we kind of, I, you didn't really see a whole lot of what our thing is, but I kind of play the piano and Matt kind of just gets inspired by the music and goes with something and we get really zany. And uh, at one point we were just sort of going over what the show would be about. I think Matt was just kind of pitching me, oh yeah, and they, all they want to do is get a show at the Rivoli. And we just laughed. Is there something comical about the Rivoli, by the way, is where the kids in the hall started. Yeah. Historic uh, venue. And now it's 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 not it's a small music venue. It's not like considered the best music venue in the city. I don't want to shit talk the Rivoli. I know it's pretty middle ground. Yeah, Yeah, like it's it's a smaller silver dollar. Right. Like most bands would be like, we really want to play Massey Hall. Yeah. But you, for some reason on the show, the Rivoli. Yeah, it's like they came up with the idea when they were 13 years old and they they never updated it. Like they never, right. as they got more information, they never said, oh wait, you know what, now that we know a little bit more about being a musician, we should try to play a different place. Right. And I think because they never got it, they never got a show at the Rivoli, there was no reason for them to stop this initial Right, they goal. never had the first they had one, They had a band meeting in, you know, 95, and they're still trying to achieve the, whatever they set out right. to do in that band meeting. And they named the band after a very famous band. Well, no, they don't know that Nirvana's a real band. Right. Yeah. Why, how is that? They thought it was just a cool name. Well, we used to do this, in the web show we explained this, but in the TV show we haven't explained it yet. We don't explain Well, it, you can, th- it, it, there's an irony built into it that these guys are so obsessed with the 90s and every all of their cultural touchstones come from the 90s, but they don't know that Nirvana is a real band. Right. They've never heard of that band before. They're idiots, kind of. Yeah, in their own way. They're kind of idiots. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a, that's it's funny. It's very funny. I uh, it just I feel bad that they're idiots. I feel badly watching them struggle to get to a thing that anyone really could do, and you guys can't do it. And you don't even have songs. You're not a real band. Do I sound like I'm scolding you? I'm not. No, no not even a bit. And you know what? What's funny is that this. Them not being able to achieve these things is sort of the magic of, of everybody. I think that, that them trying to get a show at the Rivoli is like everybody trying to achieve something for themselves. If they were to get it, then all of a sudden their life would be rendered meaningless. Yeah. And, and right now their life is so imbued with meaning. Everything they do is so salient. It, like, we're going to get a show at the Rivoli today. And they genuinely believe yeah. they will get a show that day. Right. And the fact that they don't doesn't dissuade them the next day. And if you took that away from them, then think of they would be then they really would be stupid then right. they really would be pathetic in all the things that that because uh, it's the small victories that we have that give us joy in the journey of just going after the holy grail that we never get right and we but our characters don't really realize that but it gives their life meaning yeah Do you, i don't know exactly what inspired uh, this iteration of the show or the past one but Does the show, from your perspective, speak to a particular neediness or desperation that we're all feeling in the culture? Ann and I were just talking about how I'm losing followers. Please follow me on uh, Twitter, (laughs) at Vishkana. For some reason, I lost four followers today. I didn't even do anything. I was just retweeting all you guys. So I don't know why people unfollow me. Anyway, see, it's happening to me. I'm an idiot. No. And uh, but no, do you do you understand what I'm saying? You're, yeah. t- you're tapping into something 
that you saw in, in music or comedy or what? These guys are definitely the products of uh, a sort of modern suburban raised culture. Like they, they're coming from, you know, Mississauga. Uh, I guess white privilege kind of plays into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. They're very, very naive and they have, a, you know, a view of the world through, yeah, all those cultural touchstones. They think that fame is a huge thing to gain. Right. And they, uh, they're just going for it. Yeah, I guess they're desperate. Well, it's the only currency that seems to have any value for them, right? I mean, that in the show, we never talk about money. These characters clearly don't have jobs. They don't deal with any real world problems yeah. at all. Yeah. And what they're constantly trying to get is, I mean, again, like worldwide renown through playing a show at the Rivoli, which they don't realize is not going to happen. But it really does speak to what you think is important when you're 13 years old. Right. When you're a 13 year old kid, all you want is to be famous at some level because those seem like all the good jobs. All the good jobs seem to be, oh, I'll be an actor or I'll be a musician or I'll be one of these things. Yeah. Uh, and you never think, or at least we didn't think, oh, we're gonna be rich or we're gonna work really hard and be businessmen or doctors. And so in the same way that a lot of the adventures these guys go on is just what a 13-year-old boy would want to do if he had the power to do it, their dream is also associated with that, which is like, I want to be famous the way a 13-year-old boy right. wants to be famous. And, and within that, you talk about them being from Mississauga. So Toronto is this landscape on the horizon, right? Yeah. Toronto is a, a place you aspire to when you're from the burbs. Yeah, it's a place to be excited about. Right, so what does the show tell us about Toronto and the mentality about Toronto as this cityscape? Well, we play characters that are still, that are completely uncynical about this city, where they leave and they see the CN Tower and are like, oh my God. Like every single day, they're blown away by things like that. Right. And just ba very basic landmarks at Toronto, like when they're in Honest Ed's, they, like they, they have absolutely no cynicism about any of the things that, that you know, born and bred Torontonians would be. They think Toronto's the greatest city in the world. They think that nothing can ever go wrong here. Everything is perfect here. Um, in the way that a university student who just moves here for first year right. does. I mean, that was me. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe this place. Everything is incredible. There's a McDonald's. Like, they, like <laughs> it was, it, uh, they're, they're not through that phase right. uh, of, of viewing the city through that lens, which is why they don't, think about, oh, we should go play a show in New York or Los Angeles. That would be a, anathema to these guys. Right. Okay. Well, I want to, I, we, I'm, I, we have to take a break. I think we're over time, but I want to get more into this naivete, awkwardness thing, uh, if we can, if we have time. We're going to take a, a short break right now. Back with more in a moment uh, with Nirvana, the band, the show, and Antti Donahue. Stick around. When Vish gets hungry, he wants pizza. And when he wants pizza in Guelph, he goes to Pizza Trocadero. They combine the freshest gourmet ingredients and bake them to perfection in a stone oven. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Back on Long Night and I have a bit of time left before the end of the show. Uh, usually at this point we try to take a couple of questions from uh, the audience. And uh, James, uh, James, do we have anyone over there in the uh, Q&A spot? Thanks, Vish. Yeah, I'm over here with uh, Mars and Brendan and they both have questions for Matt and Jay. Mars? Oh, no. Yeah, I want to know um, if you guys are ever going to explain how your characters make money in the show, what they do for a living. Mm. That's, huh, that's, a great, that's a great question. Great question, Mars. It's something that Jay and I talked about a lot when we were making the show before and when we talk when we make the show now and 
I think that almost every show that you watch, the jobs that the people have are such an integral part of it. Um, and we thought, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if not only did we not have jobs, but that we never talked about it and never gave any answers because the things that we do in the show require so much money. Like we have the budget of a television show to do the things that these characters want to do, but never explaining why they have that money or how they got that money. It's kind of part of the joke of the concept that you don't know. Yeah, and, and not only that, but it, it leads to a lot of interesting questions. Like they must have limitless money from an inheritance or something just for them to behave the way that they behave. Because if they'd ever worked a job in the real world with other people who weren't one another, then their world would open up so quickly they'd be like, oh, wait a minute, I'm an idiot. I can't right. do any of the things that I thought I... So we're trying to limit their There's interaction. There's some things coming up in new episodes that, that are going to have some half answers for But you. yeah, but we'll never yeah. give it give that answer away to okay, well, Before we get to Brendan, I just want to follow up on that because you guys will occasionally, you mentioned that you get into these shenanigans and you do stuff with a budget that doesn't make any sense. Mm. You will occasionally do things where you get in trouble, mm -hmm. uh, where you get kicked out of stuff, where people get angry. Mm -hmm. Why is that a thing you're doing? Well, oftentimes we don't mean to. It just, it comes from the formal approach we take to shoot the show. So when you shoot a show illegally, in the real world without the permission of the people in it or the places that you're shooting, then eventually people are gonna be like, you can't do this. But it, it, we didn't do it because we thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny to have people actually throwing us out of places and yelling at us. Yeah. Um, it was that, oh, this is the only way we're gonna be able to make this show. Now you sound very sweet and reasonable right <laughs> now. Yeah. But when you're out doing these things, people get upset. Well, actually, less upset, less upset than you'd think. There are some. There, are, what we go for is not a reaction for people to, from people, so we can laugh at them being, you know, outside of the, their normal selves. We, what we go for is having them give us a sincere reaction to what we're doing. That's right. outside of our normal. In selves. fact, our goal is to try to show the best version of other people. We want people to show the best versions of them when we're dealing the with them. Opposite of Sasha Baron Cohen Quite or something. Quite literally, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. That's, re that's a really generous to say it's the it. exactly. We're going for the best of a version them. of that. Well, when I say the best of them, what I mean is the best acting that they can give, which That's is to true. say that is really how you would react because you don't know you're in a TV show. You want people to be the best involuntary actors yes. for your show yes. Yes. that you're shooting in a guerrilla style uh -huh. against their will. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay, yeah. let's yeah. move on. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that. Uh, sorry, James. Uh, next question. That's okay. Brendan, you had a question? Yes. Hey, guys. So, um... I've seen the first episode probably too many times already for the short amount of time it's been out. Uh, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen and the ending is probably the craziest thing I've seen. Um, trouble any of it at all potentially from that ending of the episode? I won't spoil it for anybody. But or maybe, will, maybe sure. a better question would be like, is there any like serious trouble you guys have gotten in so far in filming the new edition of this series? Yeah, I, I don't mind saying what he's talking sure. about. At the uh, end of the pilot, we we put a big banner on Queen Street, then light it on fire by accident, and 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 the police and fire trucks come to put it out, and we run away on the 501 streetcar. Um, <laughs> but now, was this this is a real thing that you did? Well, that's sort of the trick of the show is that you never really know what is real and what's uh -huh. not real, up to and including who's an actor, who knows what we're doing, if something is really on fire. I will say that, that, that we knew we were doing that for a long time and we shot on Queen Street to try to get that scene for a year. 
when you guys are there, and then the Halloween store is not there anymore. It's Urban it Planet or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I am the biggest fan of this show and wow. the Dirties, Operation Avalanche, everything. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I've, I've probably seen the original series probably like 100 times. Thanks. Yeah. That's I'm happy great. you liked it. I'm really happy. I am it. thrilled with it coming back. Thank, Thank you. you. I was going to ask you guys about that. The show existed for a while yeah. on the internet, went away. Why did it go away? Well, because we were sick of making it. We were making it ourselves. We were like 22, 23 years old. We made it over the course of like three, four years of living together in the same tiny apartment yeah. at uh-huh. Spadina. And everyone would talk about it. Like all my friends would tell me to go watch the show. I remember this, yeah. Yeah, but because we were just releasing it on our own website, we refused to put it on YouTube. And because the show was so illegal, like we had so much copywritten music in it, we could never make money from it. We could never legally sell it. So it was just like the most indulgent pet project that literally could go nowhere. Right. Like we could never put it on TV. The right. point of it was that it couldn't be sold. Right. Um, and so after doing it for years, it was just like, well, we can't, it's impossible. So I left and made a movie and Jay left and started a band and then only now did we, did we decide that we would do it except for real. Uh, what happened with, that's interesting is that the law caught up to where we were back in the mid-2000s. Now it's actually legal to do the stuff that we thought could never be put on television. Oh, you're trailblazers. We didn't, without, unintentionally, yeah. Oh yeah, you're unintentional, involuntary, in trailblazers, okay. Yeah. That's, that's good, good for you, that's great. Well, uh, anyway, thanks for the questions, Brendan and Mars. That was great, Brendan and Mars, everyone, thank you. Um, I wanna ask a question for the entire panel. We'll start with Anne. Uh, it's fair to say, as we've been discussing, we live very mediated lives now, right? We were talking about social media and living online, and you get the web suite, blah, 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 blah. Do you think we're losing touch with reality? Is reality different? What's going on? I think we're more aware of reality, actually. Like, I know that when Obama was elected in 2008 and Twitter wasn't as vast as it is now, I responded differently to American politics. And I didn't understand, like, the minutia of it or the ins and outs or the specifics. And now a lot of it is amplified. But at the same time, I think we're just becoming more and more aware of all the stuff that we may not have had time for before. That being said, I think there's only, like, we're not experts on all of the realms. So we probably have to start doing our own homework so we can understand everything. But that being said, I think we're more engaged with reality. You feel more connected to the real world by by the mediation. Especially watching my American friends and uh, reading journalists that I wouldn't have read before and, like, getting different. I think, like, it's a sad, shitty, bleak reality that we're getting more acclimatized to. But I think it's really important. I think you lose touch with reality when you believe that, like, Kylie Jenner's life is the norm. They, like when you forget that, like you take a step back and you're like, oh, this is how business works. Like right. that's when I think we lose touch. But for the most part, I think like we're pretty engaged. We're engaged. Okay. Now you two have this show with these guys who have a detachment from reality, mm-hmm. and they're setting fire to Toronto by accident. Uh, are you speaking to this sentiment? This idea that some of us. I mean, you're making a comedy. I don't know if I'm, I'm asking for grand socio-cultural. Mm-hmm you know, questions here, but there's something going on. We're in this weird, I don't know if we're in the golden age of awkward comedy. I think we're past it maybe a little bit. No Mm -hmm. offense, show's great. But (laughs) you know what I mean? Like there's all this awkward, everyone's gotta be uncomfortable in comedy these days. Like that's the humor. All these mockumentaries, we're meant to feel like, ugh, are people actually like this? And you're kind of doing that with this show. This is the way two people could be. Mm. It's like an altered reality. Yeah, we try to put those people against real people. If we were writing the roles of everybody who encountered Matt and Jay, then 
I would agree with you, yeah, we're sort of showing a skewed version of reality. But I think the intent of what we're doing is, we're, is we want to show two extremely unrealistic characters in the literal real world. Not the real world that we write in a room and say, oh, wouldn't it be funny if. Yeah. We want to confront people with the perspective of two unbelievably naive children and see what they do. Um, and that collision, I think, is not reality TV and it's not sitcoms. It's something that you don't, we want to, we want to show people experiencing things that they would never ever see before. Like we, we, we build a float and try to drive it into the Santa Claus parade <laughs> yes. and are confronted by a police officer and we have a real confrontation. And I can guarantee that is the only time in that man's life that he will ever have that conversation right. where he's trying to figure out how to tell these kids I shouldn't say kids, these adults, that they can't bring their float into the Santa Claus parade, <laughs> even though they believe that they can. Right. And, that, and that, that is reality for him. He's like, oh my God, I'm really dealing with this. Right. And even, even though we've set it up, it, I, I just feel like that there is something more real in that. Than, you're, you're trying to make reality more interesting. Yes. Because we're, we're also in that situation with the cop. We're not going for the joke. Mm -mm. So much like we we will we want to get into we'll the scold each other if we can catch each other. Oh, you're trying to be funny. Then. See, mm -hmm. I think you guys are speaking to the fact that we are too mediated. You want something hyper real. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we solved it. We fixed the. We, did it. we saw. We answered all my questions. This was great. Congratulations, Matt and Jay, on the new season of Nirvana: The Band, the show. It's a fantastic show. Thank you so much. Round Rich. of applause for these two guys. Really great. Auntie Donahue as well. A round of applause for Auntie Donahue. For more information about our guests tonight, follow them on their Twitters. Also follow me too. I'm at Vishkana. Thanks again to everyone involved in making this show happen, including you guys. You guys are a great audience. Thank you very much. That's our show. We'll see you next time, I hope. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.